everybody. Welcome to the At Hearst and Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today we're talking to Dr. Amy Beheimer, board-certified functional medicine health coach, doctor of pharmacy, MS warrior, and creator of Autoimmune Academy. She helps autoimmune warriors who are ready to fuel their bodies and minds to feel better and live their best lives. She reversed two autoimmune diseases through small, consistent, feels good and is good for you habits and encourages others it's possible for them too. Thanks for coming on, doctor. Oh, absolutely. And call me Amy. <laughs> I will I will try. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that you have a background in conventional and functional medicine. I think that makes you a superior doctor to a lot of just the, the conventional doctors. So that's exciting. And I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Great. Yeah, I do. I do find that um, sometimes the, the two worlds can pit um, themselves against each other. Um, and I really do try to just provide a space for people who are interested in, in one or the other or both like I am myself. So thank you for that. That's very cool. So walk us through your autoimmune disease journey. Tell us about that. Sure. Um, I got my first diagnosis with autoimmune disease at age 17 um, over the next 15 years, uh, I ended up getting three more uh, autoimmune diagnoses. So four total. Uh, the biggest one that has impacted my life was at age 27, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Um, and really the, the story as a whole, now looking back, um, autoimmune diseases tend to cluster. And so I really spent a lot of years in fear and anxiety about yet another diagnosis. So if anybody out there, if any of your listeners um, have had an autoimmune diagnosis, statistically, you know, you're likely to have another one if you don't already. And so um, really that, that fear and that anxiety is what was my biggest barrier um, coming out on the other side in terms of how to think about autoimmune disease. Yeah, so how did you end up reversing two of your autoimmune diseases? So it really started for me um, in about 2014. I came across a TEDx talk by a well-known functional medicine provider named Dr. Terry Walls. And she was a secondary progressive multiple sclerosis patient who was a practicing physician and she, her health was going downhill fast and she took it into her own hands to start researching and start seeing what she could do related to lifestyle um, to complement conventional medicine. And so she made some pretty significant, amazing discoveries in terms of getting down to the root cause of what causes autoimmune disease and multiple sclerosis and starting to make those changes to lifestyle. Um, since then, I have really taken those lifestyle recommendations, which helps with all autoimmune diseases and really all human bodies, since we're all wired with the same cells from the, from the ground up and really have started implementing the, the diet, the movement, the stress management, um, the mindset work, and the rest and relaxation that helps the body heal. So I credit the reversal of a couple of my autoimmune diseases to truly just taking care of my cells and feeding 
my body um, high quality ingredients that as it turns over, as, as we all do, our cells are always um, rebuilding themselves and making new tissues and making new organs and making new systems. So almost a decade of putting a focus on this, you know, I truly believe that I am turning over healthier and stronger cells. Yeah, that makes perfect sense too. After you became a doctor, did, I, I guess you still had a couple of autoimmune diseases. How, how does it feel to be a doctor with autoimmune disease? Does it seem ironic? You know, it, it's interesting. We learn all about multiple sclerosis or other um, chronic diseases in pharmacy school. And overwhelmingly, I left school with the belief that it was a chronic, debilitating, uh, progressive disease. And that thought pattern, that mindset, truly left me feeling fearful and uncertain of the future. And so when I started getting into functional medicine, um, and specifically, you know, the, the mindset work of how we look at our health, um, I started realizing we have a lot more control of our health and of our environment um, than I learned in pharmacy school. So we obviously have genes that, that can predispose us to certain diseases, but the thing I didn't learn in pharmacy school that I have spent a lot of time um, learning since and teaching others is the environment is what turns genes on or off. And so we actually have a massive control of our environment that impacts how, how our genes are expressed and whether we turn on the good ones um, or turn off the bad ones. So that would be the biggest difference since leaving pharmacy school that I have recognized and has allowed me to go from that fear and uncertainty to a place of more empowerment and hope. Yeah, wow. So you kind of answered the next two questions, but I just want to see if you have anything else to add. What else did you learn about chronic pain or autoimmune disease from being in the medical field? So the main, um, the main areas that um, related to the environment that we um, have the ability to turn up and down um, to improve upon are, I, I kind of like to group them, I call it the habit hub, but it's these six main areas that if you're talking with many people about health and wellness in today's day and age, there's a lot of recurring themes. And everybody has a different way of grouping them and, and describing them. But I think it's good news that you'll start to hear uh, pretty consistent patterns in terms of what can help us heal. Um, and so when I talk about what these daily habits are that can help us heal, I group them into one of six categories. So one of them is definitely using food as medicine. So looking at what we um, eat and how that, that fuels our body. The other one is movement as medicine. Um, so looking at even just small amounts of movement, because as anybody with autoimmune disease or with um, neurologic or movement disorders or with a good deal of pain, sometimes they hear movement and they think, well, I can't do that. Um, but really movement comes down to even micro moves. So things that we, um, ways that we can move our body, um, obviously being, being, um, 
cognizant of what is safe and what we're able to do. So that's two, nutrition and movement. The third one is rest and relaxation. So the importance of sleep and the importance of how we, um, how we let our bodies really uh, recuperate and rest. Um, the fourth one is related to uh, connection. So connection with others is, is huge when we talk about environment. So our relationship with the people around us and even our relationship with ourselves. The fifth one is good stresses. So when I say good stresses, that is, um, most people understand the concept of going to the gym and your muscles get sore and that's a good thing. Well, there's other ways that we can stress our bodies in good ways so that on the back end of that, our cells actually start to repair and rebuild themselves in a way that they come back stronger. And the last one and where um, I think I saved the best for last in my opinion is mm -hmm. mindset or how we think about um, the various things because just like food can be toxic or we can have toxic um, things in our environment, if our thinking patterns are you know, very skewed on the negative side, then we can actually um, get some toxicity from our thoughts. So what about, you know, being in the functional medicine field, what have you learned kind of that doctors don't know or doctors don't tell us? That's a great question. Um, you know, I would, I would go back to, to this, the amount of control we do have over how we think and ultimately how we feel. Because what we know about the brain is our thoughts are what create our feelings. And depending how we feel, that drives what actions we take or maybe don't take. And so I think that the power of um, recognizing the thought patterns that are happening and the power of, of controlling and choosing to think thoughts that serve us uh, is something that's just not talked about as much. Um, in addition, the amount of healing that can happen when we reduce the amount of processed foods that are in our diet. Um, it's, it's tough to um, overcome the amount of normalization there is in, um, in the world to you know the convenience and the ease of eating a certain type of way. But I would say just that whole foods and um, there's not one diet that's right for everybody, you know, and anybody who, who thinks that there is, you know, you definitely want to find someone that uh, recognizes we are all unique and all different. But the common theme amongst all people with autoimmune disease or with pain is that we can use our food in a way that um, helps us heal uh, instead of, you know, damaging uh, the different areas of our body and ultimately ends up making a lot of our symptoms a lot worse. I love knowing that there is control. I was, I've been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease um, when I was 35 and that doctor, you know, since autoimmune disease is systemic, he um, didn't want to name it. He just said, you have autoimmune disease. Now, you know, my another rheumatologist, she was like, you know, you've got rheumatoid arthritis, but um, it's just good to know that, that I do have some control over how I feel. So it's definitely something that I'm going to be working on. Absolutely. And, and 
there are right now 80 to 100 that have a name um, autoimmune disease wise, but the estimation is really more up into the mid 100s. And the commonality between all of the autoimmune diseases, uh, you know, is that our body is attacking ourselves in one, in one way or another. So what that looks like will be different depending on what body system uh, is affected first. But the, the alarming rise in autoimmune disease and the pain that often comes with it for a lot of these diagnoses um, is such a good um, pause and reason to look and say something about, you know, our modern world is not agreeing with our bodies and our bodies. I like to believe our bodies are never wrong. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough belief if, if it's, um, you know, sometimes it's easy to feel angry that, that our bodies are failing us. But if we put a little trust in them and, and try to uh, listen to them to see what, what they're trying to tell us, it can be a, a more empowering stance to take. That's such an interesting point because back when I first became disabled for the first couple of years, I was very angry at my body because it was betraying me. I was 35, 36 years old with, you know, chronic joint pain that was debilitating. And I was like, what the heck, you know, what, why I'm not old. Why is my body doing this to me? So I just, I, I did learn going through a pain recovery program that pain is a communication tool that our body uses to tell us something. Yeah. So I love just what, what you just said about, you know, listening to our bodies and trying to figure out what it's trying to tell us. Yeah. And, and of course it's natural to, you know, feel angry or feel frustrated. And, you know, a lot of this, when I talk about mindset, it is not dismissing that we are human beings that will have positive feelings and we'll have negative feelings. And it's never you know, I never want anyone to hear what I say about practicing a more positive mindset to dismiss that negative half, because those are just just as important. But, you know, in terms of, I like to use this, I don't know if this will uh, be a good description, but if, you know, if we, pain is very personal. So whatever that pain is, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, you know, we all have a personal um, relationship with our pain. And so if we, let's say on a scale of zero to a hundred, if you had to assign your pain a number for you, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but you are able to assign what that pain is. I think of our mindset work as a dial to be able to dial that up or down. And, you know, so we're not saying that we can think our way out of pain or out of autoimmune disease. But if we had the ability to make tweaks to that mindset or that collection of thoughts up or down, um, it's amazing to give it a try and see what what can happen um, when we do. Because I I definitely have used that on myself with how I feel about my multiple sclerosis or what some of the limitations that it does give me in terms of um, symptoms. And, you know, just reframing it and thinking of it from a different perspective and practicing letting in a few few more positive thoughts than negative definitely allows me to dial down that, that pain I'm feeling from living with that diagnosis. 
Yeah, and you've got a quote that I read that says, diagnoses happen, negative mindsets make them harder. Talk about that, that motto, I guess, of yours. Yes, I, um, I love that um, and say it often. And it just acknowledges that the pain or the diagnosis, those things may be outside of our control. And so recognizing that it's not belittling that it's not happening. They are there in our lives. You know, everybody, um, most likely if you're human and living in the world, experience pain in some way, whether it's emotional, physical. But the part that we can control is that mindset, which is the collection of our thoughts. And so, you know, there are absolutely things we can do to help our body function better. So, you know, changing the food that we're eating or the way we move or you know how well we are able to rest and things like that can absolutely help our body function better but the other piece of that like I mentioned is working on our mindsets and um, you know allowing there to be some peace in knowing that we do have power over that and a lot of times you know thoughts that we are thinking are so automatic and they're so on repeat that they're actually under our conscious level of even realizing that they're there. Um, for me, uh, I, for years, had a thought running on loop on autopilot that my life would never be as good because I had multiple sclerosis. And it's easy to think that thought is true because, you know, friends and family could agree and I had a lot of evidence for it. But when I realized I was thinking that um, and became intentional to try to replace that thought with something that is also true, but served me more, you know, even, you know, a thought like, it's possible my life can be just as good with multiple sclerosis. And so I spent years in that gray area of how, how can this be true? And now, you know, 11 years later, um, I absolutely believe it's true. I think that, you know, for focusing on that thought and asking myself, how is that true for long enough? You know, you start to find evidence. Your brain likes to go to work to find evidence to, to answer questions. And, you know, a few ways that I think that's true is I am healthier in all these other ways than I never would have been if I didn't have multiple sclerosis. I probably would still be drinking eight to 10 diet Cokes a day and eating, um, you know, whatever, whatever was put in front of me. So one of the ways um, that my life is better is health in all these other areas. And another way is just getting called to do this work and work with other people with autoimmune disease and pain and helping them um, just by leading by example and, you know, using my experience to help others. I definitely think that's a reason that my life is better because of multiple sclerosis. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit about the work that you've done with people living with pain and autoimmune disease. Sure. So um, a few years ago, I've been a pharmacist for uh, about 15 years. Um, but a few years ago, I decided to go back to school and uh, got educated on the world of health and wellness coaching, life coaching, um, and functional medicine. So that's how I work with people now. Um, I obviously have a pharmacy background and always will have a that lens uh, on the things I do, 
but I really work with people through one-on-one coaching, through group coaching. Um, I actually have a program called Autoimmune Academy where people can come in and we really learn and we do. So there's a lot of teaching that goes on, you know, what's going on in our body. What are the things that, you know, the small steps we can take to start healing. Um, And that's paired with coaching, which is such an amazing um, tool for anybody who hasn't tried it. Um, That's one of the huge things that I credit with my shifts is investing in a coach and we as humans, we're not very good at looking inside our own brain. So sometimes it's just really nice to, um, you know, have someone from the outside help show us some of these things that, um, you know, may be so deep within us that we don't question them. And so it's, it's a great way to get support and kind of shake things up. I always say, if we've been, you know, feeling a certain way or doing the same things for a while, um, you know, kind of raising your hand and admitting that, hey, maybe I could take a fresh look at this, or maybe I could um, learn and be inspired by others that are um, trying things a different way. So that's really how I work with people. Yeah. So what are a couple of maybe small habits that we can do to feel better? I love this question. One small habit that I kind of alluded to, but said a different way is the habit of not believing everything you think. So um, it's very easy to, uh, to start believing that our thoughts are just the capital T truth. And, you know, if we have a practice of being able to question those thoughts or get them outside our brain and look at them, that could be through journaling, that could be through coaching, that could be through um, some people find that when they do movement. So whether they're in nature or taking a walk, but the habit is just to not believe everything you think without um, questioning it and asking if it's really serving you. I wanna say one other small shift is really taking a look at the move from processed foods to a more, less processed diet. And as I mentioned, there is no one right diet for anybody, Um, but it is pretty safe to say that the amount of processed food and added sugar that exists in the American diets, almost 60% by the best estimate is um, food that with ingredient lists we don't even recognize. So if somebody wants to start somewhere, it can be just teeny tiny of reading an ingredient list or thinking, um, you know, finding one replacement for a food item that they really enjoy, but trying to find a brand that maybe uses cleaner ingredients. Any teeny tiny shift in that really adds up over time. It can feel overwhelming if you look at your whole life and say, oh my gosh, I need to change everything about my diet. Just start small with one thing um, and let the goodness from that compound day after day. Those are great, great tips. You talked earlier about good stressors. What maybe is an example of a good stressor that can help our bodies heal? Yeah, so um, good stressors fall into one of four categories for the most part. Um, I mentioned the one physical. So a lot of people, like I mentioned, understand the idea of 
physical movement, um, stressing our body in a good way. And we come back stronger building muscle. Uh, so my favorite one for that is if I'm waiting for the coffee to brew, you know, leaning against the counter and doing a, a counter plank. You know, that's an example of a, of a good stressor physically. Um, metabolically, the, the stressors that can be good for us are letting, um, letting us, our body go for periods of time without having to digest food. So a lot of people hear about intermittent fasting or fasting, but not even um, jumping into the whole fasting world. Any amount of time that we can allow our body to uh, rest digestively can be a good stress on um, our metabolism. So that's one idea. Mentally, uh, my favorite mental uh, stress is doing my daily wordle. So anything that feels challenging, anything that maybe puzzles or crossword puzzles, or um, I'm terrible at this, but turning off your GPS and trying to get somewhere. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I know. I know. I, say, I give that one as an example, yet I don't practice what I preach. I, I don't like being lost. Um, and the last one would be emotional. I mean, a lot of times we avoid or we resist um, maybe some of these negative feelings that come up. And a way that we can practice a good stress is in a safe way, embrace a negative emotion, you know, so allow your body to feel it and get curious about it and um, really allow and process a negative emotion. So those are, you know, one example from each of the, the areas of what I like to call good stress. Those are great examples. And it makes a lot more sense to me now when you're talking about good stress. Yeah. You're like, what do you mean good stress? Yeah. Like what? There's no yeah. such thing. Yeah. So what's one piece of advice you'd give to people suffering from chronic pain or autoimmune disease? Honestly, the, the advice that I wish I would have had sooner, um, but I'm glad I got it was, you know, recognizing that I didn't have to do it alone and that outside support um, really can just cause a shift in our thinking that can just be life-changing. And so for me, that was getting a coach. Now, of course, as a coach, I uh, see the value all the time, but it's just amazing to be able to get outside your own brain, be able to have someone else reflect it back to you, kind of what some of your patterns are, what, what some of your subconscious thinking is, and really be able to provide some outsider perspective. Um, I like to say that, that, you know, you want to find some support that has good, high quality information. So that's the first I is evidence-based information. So make sure that it's coming from a source you trust. Inspiration. So it'd be great if you get to come together in a community of other people that are kind of going after the same goals as you and similar experiences. It's amazing what inspiration can do. That's the second I. And then insight. So that's where coaching comes in is insight into you, your body, your brain, um, and what works for you. That's, that's awesome. I love that you have the science-based information, but also, you know, hold room for community and for, you know, more natural and environmental, you know, alternatives. Yeah, thank you. 
So um, where can we get more information about you and about your autoimmune academy? Sure. Um, I have my website, which is www.amybeheimercoaching.com. Um, and that has information on more about how to work together and things like that. Also on that site, there are free resources. So um, one that I mentioned earlier about, you know, taking a look at what ingredients we're eating. I actually have a how to decode ingredient list um, to help grocery shop with confidence. So that is on there. I also have a, a great gut health checklist for everyday habits to help um, with gut health, which helps with all sorts of, you know, things that we're experiencing, whether it's pain or autoimmune disease, but really, yeah, all the information can be found there. And yeah, I'm happy to answer any other questions. Great. And I'll have that website in the show notes in case anybody needs to know how to spell it. Um, well, thank you for coming on. This has been delightful. Thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate you. And, um, just the the message and it's been great to listen to to some episodes and learn more about you and your guests so I feel honored to be on thank you thanks uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any health parenting or life advice for my freebie 30 ways to relieve pain without taking a pill go to it hurts slash tips or at it hurts to mom on instagram under pain relief if you have any comments suggestions or want to be on this podcast email me at it hurts to mom at gmail.com Wish everybody a blessed and healthy day.